Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sound Stories, an inspirational podcast for creative professionals and storytellers who want to improve their lives at home and at work. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, your host and co-founder of Voices.com. How do you grab an audience's attention when you only have 15 to 30 seconds? How do you take a brand that others may have deemed tired or cheap and create content around it that delights, entertains, and elevates perception? These are the kind of questions that Chris Smith, creative director and writer at the Richards Group in Dallas, is tasked with every day. He's earning something of a reputation for the way he's continuously created amazing work that captivates, often by incorporating humor and the unexpected. Just this year, Chris and his team took home two prestigious Radio Mercury Awards. Specifically, their radio spot titled Millennials took home the hardware as the Radio Ad of the Year and the Motel 6 ad campaign itself swept the competition for the best in show. But that's far from Chris's only accolade. He's also a two-time Jeopardy winner as well as a select member of the Ad Age Creative 100 list. And we're delighted to have him with us today. Motel 6 has been a client of the Richards Group for over 30 years, and um, it's a really long, really good relationship. And when they came to us uh, way back then, uh, they had a problem that uh, nobody would admit that that they would stay at a Motel 6. Um, When we asked them, we had people in focus groups that were, we specifically chose them because uh, they were Motel 6 guests. And when we asked them, where do you stay? What kind of place do you stay when you're on the road? No one would admit it. Um, so we knew they had a, a problem with affiliation. No one wanted to admit they stayed there. So what our insight was is that a lot of people felt like they didn't they stayed at Motel 6 because they didn't have a lot of money. Uh, they couldn't afford to stay somewhere uh, fancier. We turned that to say, no, you're smart. You're frugal. And one of the lines we used in ads was, when you're sleeping, we look just like one of those big fancy hotels. So uh, we sort of made what people perceived as a limitation into, uh, into an actual, you know, a compliment. You're smart. You're frugal. And uh, then, we, then we tried to find the right voice to say that. And a, uh, a creative director here who was a big fan of NPR heard a guy on the radio named Tom Bodette. And he said, that guy's got the perfect voice. 30 years later, the rest is uh, the rest is history. We have always only had two requirements with these commercials, which is say, I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you, and get a price message in there. Our claim was uh, the lowest price of any national chain, but that's changed over the years. Uh, so as long as we do those two things, the rest of the commercial used to be 60 seconds. Now we're doing mostly 30s. Uh, that's ours to play with. So as, as long as we get those two things in there, then, then we're good. However, we usually only bring concepts that back that up. And frankly, that's where we mind the most fun lately in writing spots is Tom, who's been doing this for, you know, 30 some years and he's, get, he's getting on in, in age, you know, he's getting up there. He kind of, comments a lot about things are changing really rapidly. I don't really understand. Uh, But one thing I do know, Motel 6 always has a great value. And you can hear that reflected in the concepts uh, over and over again. And that's really what keeps it fun for us, because we're always kind of looking for new things in the news, in uh, pop culture, in just in trends that we can comment on and have Tom sort of be this pleasantly befuddled commentator on it and link it back to the value of Motel 6. 
So this is a spot called Millennials, which was inspired by the fact that so many clients nowadays and, you know, at every agency in the world, everybody wants to target Millennials. And a lot of people uh, are trying it and doing it badly. So we decided to have some fun with that. And uh, Tom uh, basically does the world's worst ad targeted at Millennials. Uh, and we had a ton of fun doing it. So here it is. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. That folksy kind of uh, regular guy, kind of, you know, I'm frugal and, and I can relate to you. Like that just really comes through. So I'm glad that Tom Baudet was the choice because he just embodies exactly what it is that you were describing. I can tell you um, sort of a unique story, if I may. Mo the Motel 6 campaign is why I got into advertising um, in the first place. I, w I was in college at Penn State and we were listening to uh, agency reels one day in a creative class and they played a reel by an agency I'd never heard of uh, called the Richards Group in a city I'd never been to Dallas Texas and um, and they, there was a there was a Tom Baudet spot on there that uh, I just thought was charming and funny and just so smartly written and such a great piece of advertising and I said in that moment in 1992 or three I said that's what I want to do uh, for a career. I want to do that kind of advertising. So now, uh, 25 years later, I am running that account. So I'm literally doing exactly what I said I wanted to do in college, like exactly. <laughs> so uh, it was just the style of humor and the, the sort of stature of the brand and the fact that it, it was so iconic. And this was by that point, the brand was the, the campaign was only five, six years old, and it was in, when I was in college, or a little more than that, but it was, it was already iconic. It was already a legend, um, and, it, and it won you know, every award there was and all of that. So I aspired to, you know, that's, that's the level of kind of, of, of writing I want to do. And because I wanted to be a writer, and this was such a campaign, a uh, radio-heavy campaign, uh, it, it, a writer could really shine. It was really a writer's campaign. On Motel 6, it's kind of a, a unique process because of the, the longevity of the campaign and the voice that it has to live in. This campaign started when I was in eighth grade. So, um, you know, we now have writers working on it, including some of the, the spots I sent you, uh, that were not born when this campaign began. The continuity has been, there, there's been some changeover. I've been on it uh, just writing on it for about 15 years, and I've been uh, the creative director on it for 12 or 13. Um, but the real continuity has been Stan Richards. He, uh, you know, who owns our agency, the Richards Group, he was there, uh, he was present at the creation, and he's, uh, he's still here. He still has a relationship with Tom. I still run the work by him, uh, and he still, uh, you know, he still, he still chimes in. I have a core group of writers that I, that I work with, and then I tend to bring in uh, a couple of sort of pinch hitters every once in a while, people who I think could contribute or haven't had a chance to uh, swing at it yet. So I'll bring them in and we'll brief them. And then basically our process is they go, uh, they go write their, their scripts 
And then they bring them in and they, they read them to the group. They present them. And my job is I sort of bodetize them. I see my role as I'm the keeper of the voice. They, they bring me the scripts and we look at them and everybody goes, oh, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. But we're really just kind of looking at the premise. Is that a funny premise, uh, a funny way in to this, to this value message? And then I work with the writer. You know, this is not how Baudet would make that joke. This is too mean-spirited for him. This is too sarcastic. It's not gentle enough. It's not, uh, it, it's not witty enough. It's whatever. Uh, and, and we sort of massage the scripts until uh, they're really singing. And then we send them to Tom and he takes a, you know, he takes a, a pass at him. He, he says, well, you know, this one joke just, I, I didn't, I didn't quite see how I w- could deliver that. So could we try this? By the time they're done, uh, you know, it's funny. We have ones going in that in script we thought would be the very, very best. And then we have um, others that, you know, well, we, we didn't think this would be great, but once we hear it and it's produced, it's, it's the best. The client let us get away with some jokes I never thought they'd let us do. Uh, so, so it ended up being a, just a real gem, and we're really, really proud of it. You're also on the selection committee for the Radio Mercury Awards, and, and I'm sure all of the uh, submissions that you receive, uh, they come from a place where hopefully people were having fun when they wrote them. But, you know, something I think we're all wondering is how these ads are evaluated. So for someone who's behind the curtain, you know, um, what do those discussions sound like behind closed doors? That's, that's a great question. And I wish more people, more creatives could see really, really what happens uh, behind closed doors. I, I am on the executive committee of the Radio Mercury Awards, which means I, uh, I sort of talk about the structure and, you know, I'm part of a panel of other creative heads and uh, industry people. And we just sort of talk about how can we make the awards better? How can we structure the, the entries? How was the, the structure of the show? So it's, it's more, what is the criteria for entering that kind of stuff? When it comes to actually selecting the work, um, they send it out to several, a large group of first round judges who listen to all of the entries. And that's really just on merit, you know, and, and they, you know, every ad gets listened to by a couple different judges. So you get sort of an aggregate score and the things that score the best then go to the final round. And um, I've been a final round judge a couple of times. And that is, that is a hard day and a long day, but it is, it is my favorite day because you've got, you've got a room full of people that I'm still in awe that I get to be in the room with these people, like just, just top notch pros from the, the best shops in the world. And, and we're sitting there talking, you know, radio nerd stuff and just, and just having a great time listening to great work. And, and in that room, we basically, we listen to everything and, you know, every panel is kind of different, every award show, but at the Mercury's we listen and we really have a discussion and we really say, I like that a lot. I think it really works great because of this, this, and this, or, you know, it's, it's good, except it doesn't quite work on this level. And, um, you know, we're only looking at the very short list. You know, it's not the UN. We're not hammering out a peace treaty or anything, but everybody is really engaged and, and really wants the best work to, to win. Um, whoever did it, we just want to reward the best work because that makes the industry and radio a medium, which, you know, let's be honest, 90% of the work in the radio medium is not good. You know, it's, 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 or it's not, it's not super creative or brand focused. It's just very promotional. And, and, um, you know, we really want the best work to win and make uplift the entire industry. So it's really a blast. 
to me, what makes an ad shine is just that there's, there's a surprise in it. There's something that either grabs your attention right away, or if you're maybe only half listening, uh, suddenly gets you to, uh, to pay attention. Uh, that's what, that's what makes it shine. And also if it delivers on its job, if it does its job as an ad, but doesn't feel like it, it feels like a little piece of entertainment. Um, you know, it's an ad We're obviously we're all savvy. We're all modern consumers, but nobody likes to be advertised to, but people don't mind having a conversation with brands they like. Uh, so if it feels like that, and, just, and really just feels like uh, a piece of communication aimed at you that you actually can respond to and, and get a little something out of for yourself, uh, you listen. That's what makes it shine. If you're just hammering me with information that's important to you, the advertiser, but I don't, I don't care about, well, then that just becomes, that just becomes wallpaper and, and nobody's going to pay attention. Um, along this journey, there must have been some kind of challenges and, and times that, that were really difficult for you to get through as you, you grew in your career. Can you think of a time maybe uh, that you can share with us of a struggle that you had? What has happened in your career that, you know, maybe challenged you in such a way that, that you felt you needed to grow past, like to push into that pain, uh, to overcome it? Every creative person will, will tell you that their career is ups and downs. And, and this job is so incredibly rewarding and so incredibly punishing. And the, uh, the analogy I make is that you have, every day you have, you have an idea, you, you have a, that's like having a baby. Okay, and you you bring that baby into a room and put it in the middle of the table, and then twelve strangers hit it with sticks, and and you have and you have to watch, and that's how it feels. Like someone is 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 literally you know beating up your baby, and and some days that can uh, that's that's graphic, but you know uh, that's how it feels. <laughs> so uh, oh man, I I know it, yeah, I think everyone here can relate with you. Yeah, and and so you get in you get in periods where you're not selling anything, and you know, a lot of creative people, if they're honest, will tell you that no matter what, what level of, of success they achieve in this business, we drive home every day thinking we're terrible at this. You, you know, like, that's it. I'm out of ideas. Like, I, I suck. I'm a hack. Like, whatever. We, I'm, I've done. I, I've, I've had my last idea. And then the next day, uh, you get up and in the shower, something comes to you and uh, an idea. And you're like, oh, hey, look at that. I can still do this. So to me, it's not necessarily periods of ups and downs. To me, it's kind of every day because um, every day has ups and downs in it. So you have a great meeting and then the next meeting, you're, you're just the, the com a complete buffoon and, and nothing sells. And that's within, you know, 45 minutes of each other. So uh, it's, it's a really high, low day-to-day -day kind of thing. So to me, it's just every day getting up and reminding yourself, why am I doing this? And Stan Richards always says at the end of every one of our meetings, he says, thanks, now let's go have fun. And that's how he ends all, all of his meetings. And I really do try to do that. I'm like, this should be fun. I have a fun job. <laughs> like, I, you know, my, my sisters are, are special ed teachers and social workers. And, you know, they have really seriously difficult jobs. I, I don't deal with anything like what they deal with every day. I get to do the fun stuff. So I have to remind myself of that every day, um, that this should be fun. And if it's not fun, what can I do to make it make it fun again? And if that means sometimes having a, a heart to heart with the client, a powwow with the team and going, guys, we got to do this better, or that better or, or what's what's on your mind. Uh, that's it. So it's every day.
we have another client. Uh, it's a regional grocery chain here in Texas called HEB, and they're they're sort of uh, a dominant grocery chain in the state. They're one of they're one of the best companies in the country. Always always voted that way, and we've had that account for 18 years. That's my group's busiest account, and. Our goal here at the Richards Group, Stan Richards, will always say, we want our work to be the best in the category, whatever category that is. And with HEB, you know, we have a client who really pushes us to do the best work in the category, and we respond, uh, even though they're incredibly busy and they do a ton of ads a year. And sometimes our work gets mentioned in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, uh, and that does nothing but uh, strengthen their brand. So that's our goal. We, we don't we don't sit in a silo and just just create and then come down from on high um, with here is your ad, go run it. Um, we get a lot of feedback along the way. So my job, as I'm a creative group head, that's, that's my title. My job is to make sure everyone feels like their input was included, but also know when, okay, enough is enough. And now perfect is becoming enemy of the good and all, all those cliches. Guys, it's really good. We can sit here and nitpick it all day. But at some point, we have to trust our guts and, and go with it. And I, I am sort of the gentle reminder that, guys, we're done. You know, this is – we can noodle. And that's, that's not just the client. Sometimes that's, that's the, the creatives, too. Because um, we could sit there and kind of navel-gaze all day and, and, and just tinker and tinker and tinker. But sometimes I have to be the tough love and come in and go, no, it's good. It, it's, it's done, and, uh, and let's go. And, and in the best relationships with clients, they, they look at us to, to uh, do that. A lot of our clients now come to us because we've had such long-term relationships that have been so fruitful uh, for our clients. Motel 6 is one example. We've had Home Depot uh, for many, many years. Uh, we, we, have, we have several accounts that have been in this agency for decades. Um, they want that kind of relationship that lasts because the relationship is, is positive. And the main thing we do, I believe, is uh, we listen a lot more. We don't come with, here's the only solution, and if you, if you don't buy this campaign we're showing you, you're an idiot. Uh, that, that's not our style. Ours is much more uh, collaborative and much more, what do you think? You're a part of the process with us, um, so let's, let's sort of create this together. And I think that's what, that's what clients respond to and why they stick around. I love what you said about just everyone, you're listening, you're having conversations, and you're really trying to celebrate, you know, the, the advertising in radio. And on that note, Chris, where is the future of radio advertising headed? Ah, the old, what's the future question? <laughs> I was a history major. I only do past. <laughs> no, um, the, uh, the future of you know, it's funny, the future of radio is really the future of audio. And radio is just one, is just becoming more and more one delivery device for audio. So that's why you'll see a lot of the award shows now changing it to, it's not just the radio category, it's the radio and audio uh, category, the audio branding or uh, whatever. So, so really the whole definition of what the medium is, is changing. But I think the future is we are, we are getting better at, and better at, at finding ways to get people this content when they are most uh, receptive to it. It used to be everybody wanted shorter, 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 shorter. Okay. On, and on the internet, you're seeing things, you know, digital stuff is five seconds, six seconds, two seconds, pre-roll, whatever. In audio, there's almost a trend that it's going the other way because 
they're starting to figure out that people listen to audio while they're doing something else. Uh, that, that they are listening to audio as entertainment. So you're seeing more and more brands doing podcasts and branded content that's long form. Uh, so for a while there, everything was getting shorter and everything appears to be getting longer. Uh, so the, the future is really, is really kind of wide open. In, in recent award shows, I've, I've seen audio like packaging that had an audio component to it entered as an audio piece. Um, you're seeing you're seeing podcasts. You're you're seeing uh, stuff that Siri or Alexa says to you, or you know things like that. Um, it, it's really it's really kind of all over the map, but it's it's exciting. For a while there, everybody was a little scared, but everybody seems to be uh, sort of embracing it. That audio is wide open. If there's one thing that a listener could do today, Chris, to become a better storyteller, what would that be? To become a better storyteller. Um, Wow, that's, that's a that's a tough question. Um, what I try to do, because I'm I work on campaigns that particularly Motel Six that have been running for such a long time. Um, any any good story is you you create an expectation, and then you deliver it. Um, you deliver on that expectation with a surprise or a twist. So that's really the Motel Six campaign in a nutshell. When you hear that that music that and the violin start and high combo that you have an expectation you know you are in for a certain kind of experience okay just like when you turn on a tv show that you've been that you're binge watching and you have an expectation of of what i'm going to see but the shows that last the longest keep delivering on that expectation with a surprise sequels that work in movies they have an expectation and if they if they don't deliver on it with a surprise and it's just sort of all expected or over or or just kind of overdone and there's no charm to it they they fail but if there's a surprise uh they succeed so that's what i tell uh my writers and that's what i try to do every day when i sit down to write something is what is the audience expected expecting how can i deliver on that in in line with with the brand uh, you know the brand's promise but then deliver it with a surprise that makes it entertaining Wow. And, and that is a great story. So um, before we go, I just want to let everybody know where they can find out more about the Richards Group and also about you, Chris. So I know Richards.com is where the agency's website is. And also um, you have a bio page on there. But is there anywhere else you'd like to direct us to where, where we might see some of your work? Our agency is very active on um on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, elsewhere. So uh, on Twitter. So definitely follow us uh, there, because uh, you know we we tend to we tend to put out notices about our own work and, and good things that are happening. But mostly just uh, our work is is in a lot of places. So look for us on the Super Bowl, uh, hopefully for for some of our Chrysler work. Uh, our Home Depot work is all over the place. Um, Motel 6 is, uh, we've got some new partnerships that are uh, coming up, so you'll start to see our work more. So, uh, but if you're interested, go to our webpage and honestly, find somebody on that page that you want to talk to about uh, a discipline and uh, email us or call us. And um, we'd love to talk to you. We're, we're a very open agency and we're very easy to get a hold of. So obviously, you, if you see on our website a client you're interested in or uh someone a creative or, or uh, someone who runs an account that you're interested in talking to email us or give us a call we'll talk to you 
Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on our show today. It was an absolute pleasure. Hey, this was really fun. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I, I don't get the chance to talk for more than 30 seconds at a time. So <laughs> I really took advantage of it. So thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sound Stories. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We hope to have you back for our next episode of Sound Stories.